This is episode number 784 with Maisie Williams. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Maya Angelou said, as you grow older, you'll discover that you have two hands, one for helping yourself and the other for helping others. And Oscar Wilde said, to love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. Welcome to this episode with Maisie Williams, someone I've gotten to know recently and gotten to spend a few times with, and who's really opened me up and inspired me in a lot of ways. She started acting in the massive hit Game of Thrones back in 2011. She's won a number of awards for Best Supporting Actress, uh, a number of awards for Best Young Actor, and has inspired a young generation. And in this interview, we talk about how Acting has affected Maisie's ability to be herself when she's offset. Also, how Maisie embraces anxiety, and she dives into her anxiety early on in this interview and how she started to really overcome it. The power of self-care and making time for it, and the importance of looking within yourself for love instead of outside sources. I think this is a really important conversation we're having there's a lot of vulnerable and sensitive moments that Maisie has, and I really honor her for, for sharing and diving in and opening up about these topics that I think a lot of people struggle with. So if you enjoy this, make sure to share with a friend who you think it could support as well. The link is lewishouse.com slash 784. I really believe this is going to inspire a lot of people, and I want to spread this as far and as wide as we can. So make sure to share this out. Tag Maisie as well over on Instagram. She's got an inspiring page. And make sure to check out her new company called Daisy. We'll talk about that later and have it all in the show notes as well. And also, many of you have been asking about past episodes. We've had almost 800 episodes on the School of Greatness. And unfortunately, iTunes and other podcast players don't allow you to have past a certain number of podcasts. So we've got incredible episodes with Mel Robbins and Tim Ferriss and Alanis Morissette and Tony Robbins that aren't actually on this platform right now. So we've decided to support you even more by creating a new show called the School of Greatness Hall of Fame. These are the hand-selected episodes that aren't available anymore online. They're hand-selected. We put them in a curated list that you can check them out all called the Hall of Fame. So make sure to go search for School of Greatness Hall of Fame and you can go see the past episodes as well. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership rewards points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. From now until March 19th, Whole Foods Market is running their sales event, Taste the Mediterranean. It's a store-wide, flavor-packed journey of regionally-inspired selections. Save on Mediterranean-inspired flavors like Parmigiano-Regano, Charcuterie, and Ground Lamb. Find sales on animal welfare-certified meat. Save on seafood like Whole Bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles and whole wheat pita pockets. Wines from the sun-soaked vineyard of Spain, Greece, and Italy start at just $8.99. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. 
So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day. And we just stocked our office fridge with International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, and it never misses. The team's favorite flavor so far is the Caramel Macchiato. You just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee, and voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee, no frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. The best part? It works on both hot and iced coffee. It comes in three foaming, delicious flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. Again, thank you to our sponsors for helping us make this podcast the way it is. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the one, the only, the inspiring Maisie Williams. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. I'm very excited. We have Maisie Williams in the house. <laughs> High five. We're in London. Uh, we're in your office area, yeah. side office for your startup company called- In the cool part of town. The cool part of town. We were driving through and we're like, man, we feel cool. <laughs> we actually drove through, I don't know, 15 minutes away and there was a bunch of kids in like outfits and you know school outfits and uniforms and they looked like Harry Potter kids. Yeah. And I was like, where's Harry? <laughs> you know, where's so, the scar? Where is it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm excited about this. We met a couple months ago in LA. In LA? And yeah. you are, a powerhouse in the world. You're a star <laughs> on a big show, Game of Thrones, which I told you I've never seen. I saw like the first 10 minutes of episode one years ago. I never got into it. Yeah. But now I want to get into it because of you. Oh, thank so, you. So I'm excited to get into it. <laughs> You've got the, the season, the final season's coming out like right now. Yeah, it's April 14th it's coming. So it's like a lot of press and things right now. Everything. Yeah. You're all over the place right now. Cover yeah. of every magazine. You're doing it all. Yes, it's exactly. Amazing. And this is interesting. We were just talking about this before we sat down about how kind of anxious you get. Yeah. Before interviews, yeah. before speeches, before photo shoots, before things like this. Yeah. But you're this massive superstar. <laughs> Millions of followers all over the world. Been doing eight seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah. You are massive but you still get anxious before an interview with a simple American guy on a <laughs> podcast, right? I think like as an actor, you spend your life playing like a character. Uh -huh. And then, you know, like I've been doing presents for about a decade. And, you know, there are times when I feel like I'm putting on a character and, and portraying a version of myself. But I think there's nothing that's more terrifying than like truly being yourself. Wow. And yeah, I get very, very anxious about a lot of things. I think it helps me in some ways. I do a lot better when I put myself under a little bit of pressure, I think. Mm. And I think nerves is a way of you sort of doing that, like feeding your nerves. You get to, the zone more. Exactly. You're focused too. Yeah. But yeah, also can be just very nerve wracking, I think. You know, there's a lot of people gonna listen to this. Why? <laughs> Why is being yourself so nerve wracking? Because I think for a long time, I wasn't really sure who I was. So I couldn't really be authentic because I was trying to search in so many other places for who that was. And I guess it's that sort of fear of being found out and like, you know, trying to say the right thing and mm. trying to be some, be the person that you want me to be mm. in this situation, which I sort of tried to scrap about a year ago. And then I think since then, my nerves have definitely got a lot more intense, but. Nerves are more intense. Yeah. When I've tried to just sort of like drop that, I don't know. Yeah, I just had a lot of, you, you get it a lot when you're younger, when you, you grow up and you try something and then, you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions and say that you're not being authentic and you, when you're just trying to figure that out yourself, I think it's quite a jarring thing to hear and for me, I have always felt like, I don't really know. 
who I am. Um, really? Yeah, if I'm not pretending to be someone false. Yeah, yeah. Do you think most, because you're 21 now, you're yeah. going to turn 22 soon. Do mm -hmm. you think most teenagers feel that way, even if they're not on a big show and everyone's looking at them? Absolutely. I think, you know, whenever anyone can see through my facade and sure. they see me for like the nervous little girl that I am <laughs> I think actually it's quite I get quite a positive reaction from that so I've really tried to just embrace it a lot more because I think people can relate to that and yeah. you know getting on stage and doing a TED talk is terrifying and I think you know to see someone find it terrifying is you know makes you feel kind of good like that yeah you know, superhuman that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's quite a natural thing to be a little nervous <laughs> to stand on a stage and talk to people. So, now, Is it different being on camera in front of a, a, a film crew? I mean, I don't even know how many people are filming and, yeah. and on set, 20, 50 people while you're doing a scene. Is it more nervous when the camera say, okay, action, time to go, hit this at this time. You've done it 20 times, now we need to get it right. What's more nerve-wracking, that or a TED Talk for 15 minutes in front of a thousand people? A TED Talk. Why is that? Acting, performing, that's like in my bones. And being able to switch that on and like I can pretend to be like still and calm and like focused and thoughtful. And that's what my entire job is on Game of Thrones. Ari is very calculated and she can command a room um, by doing very little. And I understand that feeling and can portray that and can convince people. But my hands are shaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you could do that on a camera and be super calm. Mm. But on stage or yeah. in a simple little podcast with me, you still get a little nervous or anxious. Yeah. And I think it really is just the act of like, you know, creating a character of, of um, yeah, pretending. Mm. Uh, and I think people... People do it all the time. People live their entire lives like pretending to be someone Being that they're not. Being a character. Not. Yeah. Putting on a mask or doing yeah. something. Yeah, people don't know, truly know who they are. And you, you, you do that for so long that you really lose touch with who you are. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, being able to do that so strongly and so convincingly means I've created a career from it. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, when I strip that away and decide to drop that, like I am a very anxious person. And... Yeah, I don't know if there's ever like a way to fix that about myself. I've, I mean, I've definitely tried and I've sort of gone to therapy and I've been medicated and like mm. I've tried a lot of different things. But I think the best like medicine I was ever given was really just trying to embrace it and stop trying to fight it really yeah. and just accepting that that's how I deal with things and not letting it stop me from doing a TED Talk. I'm still going to go and do it even right. though it means that I'm going to be uncomfortable and probably make my anxiety worse or do a play. I did a play for three months at um, Hampstead Theatre here in London. Was that nerve-wracking? Uh, completely. On opening night, <laughs> I looked at myself in the mirror, was alone in my dressing room, and I outwardly said to myself in the mirror, what made you think you could do this? Like, said it to myself. <laughs> That's probably not the best thing to say right no. before the first night. <laughs> no, but I just couldn't believe that like past Maisie had thought that this would be an amazing idea. But then you have to stop and breathe and realize that like, I'm not gonna let this hold me back from doing the things I enjoy because ultimately I enjoy performing. I enjoy being on stage. I enjoy that sort of thing. And I enjoy helping other people. And I know that the words that I wanted to say in my tech talk could be inspiring to other people. And I wanna do that. And it's difficult, but it doesn't mean that I shouldn't. Right. Yeah, so it's like trying to not listen to those voices in my head. Yeah. <laughs> How did the play and the TED Talk go for you personally? How did you feel they went? The play was amazing. I felt so proud of myself afterwards. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I want to do more. The TED Talk, the thing about a TED Talk is you do it on the day in front of those people on stage, and then it lives on after you. And it's because recorded, and yeah. On the day, delivery was not strong. <laughs> There's a lot of pregnant pauses where I looked at the crowd and thought, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Who, thought, who would have thought I should be doing this? Yeah, yeah, and then got it back and, you know. 
but you know, and and I won. I was really beating myself up after it. I was with Ruben, and we walked back to the train station, and I basically cried the whole way back to the train station. Really, <laughs> looked at the floor. I couldn't even look at him because I was so embarrassed by and disappointed in myself. Then we just got to the train station, and I sort of pulled myself together, and we were just looking through a shop while we waited for the train. And this girl came up, and she said, "Maisie," and I turned around, and she was like. I just was at your TED talk. It's so interesting to me that you're so terrified, and like, don't beat yourself up about that because, yeah, you know, it wasn't the most punchy talk that anyone's ever given. But the fact that you like let down that wall and let people、mm. see that you are just like an anxious person, I think, is like quite humbling to people to hear. So、wow. that was like what I needed for me to just be like, suck it up. Like it's bigger than that, and it's okay that、yeah. you did something wrong. And and then they edited those out, and then now the video is doing wonderfully, and people are happy. So there you go. Yeah, I don't need to beat myself up for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, where do you think anxiety comes from for you? I think my entire family are quite anxious people.、Mm. And I think mine's definitely sort of enhanced. And you're the youngest of four, right? I am.、So、yes. Am yeah, we sit in the same place in the family. The baby. <laughs> exactly. You think yours is enhanced? Yeah, it's just in, you know mine gets worse with like being famous,、oh. um, you know, and and the things that come with that, like being stopped in the street, you know. So I don't know that that's like the root of it, really. I feel like I maybe would have been an anxious person anyway, even if I wasn't famous. So I don't want to say that because I think that that's untrue. I think just self doubt, like really, me and my entire family. You doubt、uh, yourself a lot. Yeah, I think we all do.、But、we you're have this big star. <laughs> you're on shows. You're you know celebrated.、Yeah. I don't think that's what where your self worth comes from, though.、Mm. I don't. Does, where does your self worth come from? <sighs> my, I think like real connections with people.、Um, like I pride myself, and I. Judge myself based on like how many people are like good to me and help me, and how many people I help like one to one. Like I feel like that's how I feel like I'm worth something if I can be that friend to call,、wow. or if I can find if I have someone to call. I think that's like kind of where my self worth is. Yeah. Is that bad? No, I don't know. <laughs> the, inti- the intimate personal connections you、yeah. have, the the relationships you have, if they're、yeah. strong or if they're not strong.、Mm. Yeah, and so I think the reason why it sort of maybe got worse is because I have got this fame, and it's hard to understand what people's intentions are, and it's hard to have time for those relationships. And so you know, if you go too long away from home, then it can、mm-hmm. get a lot worse. And I spend too much time away from my family, and but I think you know, for all of us, it is. Just a bit of self doubt, and I think we have quite low self esteem, and and you know I can look at every single member of my family, and I think I can pinpoint, you know, I can、wow. see it in their eyes, like things that I feel and things that I think about myself. And as soon as you know, one of my siblings says something to me, which is a sentence I probably say to myself, you know, I hate this about myself. I hate it destroys me, and it's really hard to be like, don't you dare, because I know I'm exactly the same. So I think that it's just something within us, but we're we're getting much better at talking to each other and and being more、uh-huh. supportive of one another. How do you think you can shift that personally for yourself moving forward, where you're not saying negative things about yourself、yeah. or who am I to do this or? Yeah, well, I've definitely I used to tell myself I hated myself like every day.、Wow. I'd say outwardly to myself. <laughs> before, like before you started the show, during the show. No, so this maybe started when I was. Fifteen or sixteen? Really? Yeah, and I would say to myself, "When you're at the top myself, of your、yeah. career, yeah, you I would, would say out loud what in the mirror or just like." And sometimes I would say it, but like you know, it started just in my head. Like I'd think of something and then be like cringe or like you know feel disappointed or feel whatever, and I'd be like,、oh, "I hate myself." And then it started getting worse and worse and worse until like sometimes I'd just be with people and we'd be like talking, and then I'd say,、oh, "I hate myself,"、wow. and people are like, "What?" And I'm like. Nothing, sorry,、wow. and it's just because thoughts in my head were getting so overwhelming that I would just say it out loud and not realize that I'd done it. Wow. Yeah, it was quite like I was very, I felt very negatively about myself. Why do you think that is, though? What could have changed on the outside for you to think differently? You had the biggest show, you know, you're getting on the cover of magazines. You have all these opportunities. Tons of people are loving you, but on the inside, you weren't. Loving yourself, it sounds like. What would have to change 
on the external world for that for you to shift? I think that was the point was that I was waiting for something on the outside world to change and it wasn't ever really going to. So I think it was important for me to find peace within myself. I think I, you know, had a lot of like rocky relationships with friends and my family, you know, had a lot of thoughts about, you know, why did I get this success, you know, next to like my siblings and, you know, how much. The guilt or things you might have felt. Yeah, definitely. And so I think what I needed to do was start punishing myself for that. And that was what it came out as. I would punish myself for being successful. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised you've made it this far. I'm still, I'm surprised you're still <laughs> on the show like this long for that yeah. much like internal hatred and punishment you gave on yourself. Mm. It definitely hit rock bottom before really? I've got to where I am now. Yeah. We wouldn't have had this conversation a year ago. Yeah. You're yeah. in a much better place now. Definitely. Yeah. A year. What was a year ago like? And I know you say you didn't want to cry and be emotional, so I apologize, <laughs> but this is, this is powerful stuff. Yeah. No, I want to tell my story. About a year ago, I was, I was in a, a relationship, but I had unfortunately got into a relationship where I wasn't ready to love someone else. And I had had, just before that relationship, I'd had a very big argument and um, a huge, like, rift within my life and in my heart and a huge, you know, like loss of friendship and and like a very difficult thing that had happened. And I met this person and I fell in love with him and our entire relationship was beautiful, but it was so separated from anything that I was feeling before. I created this new avenue of life with this person. And I think it got to two years in and I realized that I hadn't actually righted any of the wrongs from two years previously. I had just cut, like, cut an arm off, basically, and said, I'm not dealing with any of that. And was angry at the world because I was obviously upset about this, you know, huge part of my life that I'd cut off and just filled it with this relationship. And I couldn't love him, you know, properly. And in in turn, I didn't love myself and he couldn't love me properly. and, And so that ended up, ending and I went on a very self-destructive path and for how long maybe like three months it wasn't you know it wasn't like crazy but I realized in that time like I had and I couldn't be alone with myself without just being awful to myself and I couldn't even be with people without feeling like I you know hated every single person there and myself like I didn't have any connections with my friends that I was with at that time My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which is crazy to think about because that means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while clearly a lot of things have changed since 1877, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker oats. I mean, I think we all grew up with Quaker in our household. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different flavors flavors and varieties, one of my faves for a quick breakfast. And whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber, Quaker Oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even Quaker Fruit Fusion with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats in your local grocery store. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. And I can't emphasize enough how important therapy is for everyone. I can't imagine what my life would look like now if I hadn't made the decision to start working with a professional on my mental and emotional health. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. I think people listening to this would think, I, and people have said to me, like, I'm so feel awful that I wasn't there for you. And I, it, people couldn't have even been there for me. Even if I'd have got a call from my best friend, it wouldn't have been like the calling that I needed. I was like dead set on being very self-destructive. Never really had a very good relationship with substances anyway. And it just all started to sort of come out in those few months. And I just got very, very sad. And yeah, I just had a lot of overwhelming feelings of not really wanting to be here. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, and then I met someone who just listened, really. And I think a lot of people want to help you. And when you see someone who's in pain, you want to help them. Like coach them or tell them what to do. Or... Yeah, you want to take their pain away. I was watching this thing about a marathon trainer, and he, mar like, trains this girl, and, like, he says, like, you want to feel the pain for them, and you want to run the marathon for them, and you want to be that, but you can't. You have to just let them just figure it out and discover it as it goes. And I think a lot of my friends are people who want to make me feel better, but you have to do that yourself. And no one had really tried to ask me the questions that I need to be asking myself, you know? What are some of those questions they should have asked you or that this friend started to ask you? Yeah. Why do you find it so easy to think bad thoughts than good thoughts? Mm. Um, and I really loved being negative and getting into a hole. I, I used to say, like, I'm in a hole. I felt like I was in a hole. Jeez, I don't know like, how you even did anything in your life. <laughs> I don't even know how you were an, act, an actress or any of these things. Yeah, I took a li I had a bit of time off last summer, and I think it was very, very good if through that period of time. Yeah. It was quite good for me, you know, to get all of this. Because <laughs> how, <do you, laughs> how do you say... I hate myself, I'm in a hole, I'm no good, or whatever else you were saying to yourself. Yeah. But also go land this like great part and keep like booking yeah. and this is the thing about medication though. So I was on a lot of like beta blockers, um, oh. which I understand, but I think are actually kind of the worst things. Yeah. So I would, you know. One, like, big memory, and this is something that I think hope will make people sort of realize where I was at. It was like the um, like the final. It was like a big celebration of Game of Thrones, the final season. And I was taking this sort of medication that was like just very numbing and like... So you didn't feel anxious? And everyone... Yes, yeah, so we didn't feel anxious, but I mean, I really didn't feel anything. And everyone around me is sobbing and crying and hugging. And we're looking at pictures of us when we were children and just couldn't for the life of me like feel a thing. You felt nothing? Literally nothing. Just like was just floating through these last few months of the show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think, you know, when did start to sort of bring myself out of that, just started to love myself, I think. Mm. And now I wouldn't dream of telling myself that I hated myself. And it makes me so sad to think that I was like that. And I was, yeah. because everything is so um, wonderful now. Yeah. And um, it's a beautiful life, isn't it? Well, I'm glad that you have someone and people who can really listen to you and yeah. ask you the right questions so that you can start to shift those conversations. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I used to have those conversations with myself as well for many years. And I think a lot of people listening or watching have had those or are having them now. So I think it's beautiful that you're sharing this, and I really appreciate it. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to. <laughs> if there's a tissue back there, maybe you grab a I tissue. Don't know. It might be a little one. <laughs> I love that someone asked you this question. Why do you think why is it easier to say bad things or think bad thoughts mm -hmm. than it is to 
say good thoughts. Yeah. Because I'm all about the positive things we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. The intention of yeah. saying something positive. Because the opposite isn't going to help you. It's only going to create more anxiety, more yeah. stress, more frustration and anger. Mm -hmm. What are the other questions that he was asking you or your friends were asking you? It was, uh, I think... I feel ridiculous now. We would stay up and have conversations for hours and hours, and now I'm like, "What did he? Say? <laughs> what did he say?" What was it? What was the things that helped shift you to start look, looking at your life differently? Like, oh wow, maybe I do say all these negative things that I shouldn't be saying. What else am I doing yeah. that I shouldn't be? Yeah, I think what I first, what I first realized was that I was punishing myself for my success because. Your siblings, your family wasn't achieving that, or your friends yeah. weren't achieving that. So or... I had, I had, a, I had a bit of a rift within my family, anyway. So I was disconnected from them, which means I was kind of disconnected from the truth. Mm. Because when you are disconnected from someone, you can tell yourself whatever they, you can, you know, convince yourself that they think something. You know, people do all the time, and so I think realizing that a lot of the things that I was telling myself were based on other things that I was just telling myself and not, like, facts and understanding that I didn't need to punish myself mm. and actually that my family were really proud of the things that I was doing and um, wanted to support me and cared that I was, you know, I didn't feel jealous or angry or bitter. They were actually very, very supportive. It was something that I was more just afraid of, I guess, and I'd made it, you know, a problem. I think after that, I was looking for apologies and was looking for, I wanted people to feel bad for the things that they had said. Wow. Um, and I realized that that wasn't going to happen. But I still felt very bad about things that I had said. So I decided to apologize for those things, even though I wasn't going to get anything in reply. Really? And I didn't. Yeah. So you did this in person with people or yeah. on the phone? Or? Yeah, on the phone, like Skype, <clears throat> FaceTime, wow. things like that. And How did you feel after you apologized to all the people that you said bad things to? Or? Yeah, I was, um, I mean, I was shaking. It was like, you know, a conversation that should have happened like two years ago, three yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah. you know. And I was like, panic attack, you know, on the edge of that sort of like, yeah, just that feeling. Then I, I was with my best friend, Sophie Turner, at the time. And so I went into the room with her and I said, I just had this conversation and she knew a lot of the backstory. I just had this and this is what they said and this is what I said and da da da, da. And she was about to speak and I was like, but I'm okay with it all and it's fine, it's at peace and I want to just move on with my life now. And she turned around to me and was like, you are the most stubborn person that I've ever met and I can't <laughs> believe that you're saying this to me right now. And that was when I knew I was like, I'm making progress because I feel good even though I'm terrified <laughs> I feel better and you know I could then sort of close that chapter of my life yeah. and know that you know I had yeah. yeah exactly and then I think the last step really for me was um just realizing that I just need to take time to care for myself mm. and I need to say no to things and people yeah. Yeah. And I need to, like, actually take the time to sort things out when I feel sad or, yeah. you know, if I'm... Because it just makes you the most ineffective person when you're just stressed about a million things. And it could all have been solved by, you know, that two weekends ago when you wanted to do that thing that was going to make you feel good and yeah. you didn't. And now you're paying for it in, like, a week of low time. Right. <laughs> so I think, like actual time for self-care and yeah stop doing things for other people because you know it'll make them feel good but make right. you feel kind of horrible right right well i'm glad that you said yes to me to do this but <laughs> 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 you know maybe you didn't want to no what, <laughs> <it's good. laughs> what are what are some of the things that you do now for self-care well i think like do you get massages do you go mm -hmm. like just Walk in nature? Do you journal? Do you just chill out and I do a lot. So I'm more creative now. I do a painting. Oh, that's cool. Which I like. I write words. They're like poems, but I'm like telling myself that I'm just looking for my Elton John and then there'll be songs, you know? Yeah, like I just take a lot more time of a self-care. 
I get eight hours sleep every night, but like right. an hour before, I like to get ready for bed, and it like makes you feel good. Like in low times, like it's quite common for people, but like you just stop caring about yourself completely. You don't and, do anything. You don't eat good food. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I think I just like I stopped binge eating, mm. so I'd. Struggled with that sort of thing. Man, just a box of brownies and cookies. Ooh, yeah, so good. Just stop that. <laughs> stop that. Um, I stopped a lot of things. I I don't binge drink anymore. I quit drinking, but now I like you know we'll have a glass of wine with yeah. my dinner or something. But I don't binge drink at all anymore. I've just lived a. I just live a lot more simply now. I think, mm-hmm. and like. I spend just a lot more time with myself. Yeah. Um, I used to fill everything with seeing people and doing things and like you know trying to be there for other, you know do things for other people. But I think really now I, I look at my life and it's like five miles an hour and it just looks like peaceful wow. and like very calm. And I think that was like the biggest change for me is like having a free evening mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know not booking your schedule to do everything yeah, all the time yeah. just cooking dinner and not being you know not ordering delivery all on your way home at 11 30 at night and then eating it in bed and then going to sleep and then waking up at six and like you know that's what it was like it was just around the clock mayhem and now i just you know feel very calm that's great mm. what advice would you have for other young women who maybe feel super anxious super stressed out mm. hate themselves ask themselves, why am I even here? What advice would you have for them or coaching or guidance if they're I listening think, to this? I think to just slow everything down, to write things out, to, I mean, I think it really depends, but I think like giving yourself the, there's lots of different types of like therapy that you can go and mm-hmm. do, um, you know, CB, CBT or something, I don't know. That, but if that's not really for you, I think it's like just asking yourself really, really difficult questions. Like questioning, mm. getting to the root, look further and further within because like the answers are all there. And I think you're capable of finding that on your own. Ask yourself like, why do you make yourself feel like this? Mm. Because no one else is doing that to you. Right. Why? And And like don't stop until you've like cried every last tear about the reason why like keep picking yourself and keep trying to understand it yeah. I'm still you know on my way to figuring that sort of thing out I think you know it, it's definitely like just like layers and layers of like you know trying to understand that but I think it's all within you and I think trying to find Getting support and help from friends or boyfriends can be like really, really wonderful. But at the end of the day, like you can't mask any of your problems with that because they'll just come back in three years' yeah. time when it's even harder to to grasp. Yeah, because so, you did that. You like got into a new relationship and mm-hmm. then you masked it and everything yeah. was good for a while, but you were still angry underneath later because yeah. you hadn't addressed certain things that you were frustrated about before. Exactly. So I think it's just like <clears throat> it's all within you. Yeah understanding that and you know every day I live my life differently now I feel like even being aware today that I'm anxious like an understanding that I if I you know if I come off a certain way not like I'm just aware I don't come off in a certain way now because I'm just understanding that I'm anxious rather than pretending that I'm not and being mean or you know however it comes out in different people snobby or whatever it is yeah Yeah, exactly yeah um so I think you know just it's like not just I think like looking within yourself is like the answer to so many problems in in life yeah have you read the book The Alchemist no it's Ruben's favorite it's his favorite? It is. You got to read this. I do, I do. But I mean, it's all about the treasures is within you, you know, the yeah. answers are within you. And yeah. It takes you on a beautiful journey to, to discover that. Mm-hmm. What do you think is your biggest fear right now? My biggest fear? Not like spiders, but you know. <laughs> I think I have no doubts that I'm going to do wonderful things with my life, but I have a tendency to judge myself based on other people's opinions of me and that's sort of where a lot of my anxieties have always been and something that I'm trying to change but I don't know you know one year of doing that isn't going to 
solve that. And so I think, you know, now with the show ending and moving forwards into my life and um, deciding what I want to do, um, I just worry that if people are very vocal about what they think on my life, that it might affect me. Mm. Even if it just upsets me, like that kind of scares me because when I get upset, it makes me just forget a lot of the things that I've worked so hard to try and understand. It's like- you put that energy on that upset or people's opinions. Exactly. As opposed to the good things you've done. Yeah. Or your mission or what you want to create. Yeah, and that's when it starts creeping back in, you know, it's like one knock or one thing you read and then it can just spiral. And I know that I'm still very capable of doing that. So it's just, that's what my biggest fear is for the future because I don't want it to stop me from doing things I want to do. Yeah. Um, but other people's opinions do, opinions do still like really affect me. So how do you detach your emotions to what other people say about you? I think- Positive or negative? I don't know if this is the right answer, but for now, what I'm going to do is uh, not see them. Don't read any newspapers, don't read <laughs> social media comments. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely not the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's helpful, I think, too. Yeah, but I think for me, it's going to be about coming away from sort of social media. And, you know, if I'm tr- trying something new, I want to be able to try it and realize it and figure it out before I, like, have to present it to someone for their opinion. Mm-hmm. The thing is about being famous and doing anything is that people are always watching you. So you right. can't. You know, I can't ever be a beginner at anything again right. because everyone's like waiting for you, you know. Judging you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, what makes you think that you can do that? I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm just figuring it out right now. So I think, you know, at least locking myself away until I, you know, know exactly what it is that I want to go out and, and do next. Uh, I think that's important and something that I'm so excited for just to be able to take time out and be creative on my own and maybe even study again. I always told myself I'd never go back to school, but I think I might. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. Because um, you've been doing this show for ten, is it 10 years now? Yeah, 10 years in a few months. Wow. It's consumed your life. My whole adolescence. Like, I was a full child, like 12 years old, and now I'm like full, I mean, I mean a full adult. But, you know, over 21 is yeah, like, yeah, you know, you're, you're... officially an adult. Exactly. So... At least... Age-wise, emotionally, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> emotionally, I think I was more grown up then. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, it really has been, yeah, everyone's watched me grow up. Yeah. yeah. Are you more excited about the show being over and seeing what's next? Or are you more worried about, well, am I going to book a big show again with a big role? Or, you know, because I know some actors, we talked about this last time, they've been big stars for years. The show ends and then they can't even get a casting yeah. for the next three years. Yeah. My idea of like success for my future isn't trying to do something that was as successful as Game of Thrones again. That's um, smart. Most people don't have that point of view. Yeah. I think that's where I've clashed sort of, you know, opinions with a lot of people in my life from what I want my future to be. And for me, I don't see success as always going bigger and better and bigger and better because it's not what I want. No. I have no intention of being any more famous than I am right now. <laughs> I'm happy for that to just get less and less. And in terms of like being an actor and the characters that I want to play and the emotions that I want to sort of portray, it's very rare to find those sort of things within, you know, very, very big movies. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes don't ask questions that are, you know, moving enough or deep enough or real enough and I think that I really want to tell stories that are heartbreaking or I want to just like feel really I'm a very emotional person I feel things very very deeply and I love that and I want other people to feel that watching movies and when things are kind of sugar-coated and um you know just kind of a little offensive. <laughs> <laughs> when it's too weak, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, um, yeah. So you want to create more opportunities like that for yourself. Yeah, and, and you know, and even not just in the, in the acting world, but, you know, the personal achievements and, mm-hmm. and things that I judge my life on. And, yeah, I don't I want to run a marathon, right? Mm, um, by when? We're not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> what age do you want to complete it by? Well, this is the thing. It's like I don't want... I want to do it for myself and no one else. Uh-huh. And so 
it's like I don't even want people to know when I'm doing wow. it. I don't, and like you know, I could raise so much money by doing a marathon, and you know, I'd rather just donate that out of my own pocket than like having this. I'm doing this. It's pressure. This it's not about anyone else, and uh, yeah. That's cool. So it's just yeah. So it's things that I want with my life that I think like. You know, it's hard to convey to like a manager or someone right, and be like, right. <laughs> yeah. Personal stuff. You want, yeah, yeah, just personal little things that I want to do That's with cool. my life. That's cool. Yeah. What would you say is your superpower? Empathy, maybe. I don't That's know a if powerful one. Yeah. That's a very powerful superpower. I feel like I've felt a lot of emotions, like, and I can feel them for other people. And I have friends that aren't anywhere near as like emotional as me. And I love that. And I can see it and like, you know, the pure happiness and joy of like the amazing things they've experienced in their lives. Mm -hmm. And it's like so beautiful. But at the same time, like, I feel like I can just feel real sadness for other people. Yeah. Um, and like, it can really, yeah consume me sometimes. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print or bills that seem to go up for no dang reason? Like when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying even more than you would have elsewhere? At Metro by T-Mobile, there's nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal, so here it is. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited-time promos, per-use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada yada yada. At Metro by T-Mobile. Nada yada yada. You can't always trust your gut, like those times when it tells you to have that extra piece of cake or when it tells you to skip your morning routine and sleep in another hour. Probiotics can't help with most of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Ritual invested in a study modeling the human colon, which showed their Symbiotic Plus significantly increased microbial diversity and the growth of beneficial bacteria. Rigorously tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. Personally, I love Ritual's Symbiotic Plus because it keeps my gut feeling balanced and it's super convenient. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at Ritual.com slash greatness. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash greatness for 20% off. Uh, it's a superpower and can also be your kryptonite. Huh? Exactly, yeah. So you got to learn how to manage it sometimes. Yeah. sometimes yeah. yeah, exactly. And like be proactive like on your empathy. Yeah, like use it. Be, yeah, help someone, mm -hmm. you know, like see what what's making them sad or whatever it is and like you know be able to understand it enough within myself about what i needed to do at that moment and you know how i can help someone in yeah. in that moment I like that yeah who was the most influential person in your life growing up and what was the biggest lesson they taught you my mother was the most influential person on in my life and she taught me I mean, everything, but I think, you know, I'm two things are coming to mind right now. She taught me to never like put a limit on anything that I'm capable of. Mm. Um, she, like, according to my mom, I can rule the world. And having that sort of support makes you feel. When you ask, like, how did you manage to get through all of that when you were like putting yourself down so much? Just never believe that I couldn't do something. Um, so she taught me that. And then I think through seeing my mother um, grow up and I think understanding the way my mother feels about herself definitely like sometimes negatively impacted me.
but I think in turn now that I've understood it has made me love myself for her even if she sometimes can't love herself you know what I mean so I think that was something that something that is very fresh to me and I can see a lot so yeah. That's cool. She seems like an inspiring woman. She's incredible. My mother has done everything. She is just, there's no one quite like her. She's wow. done a lot with her life. Wow. Yeah, she's very special. If you were 30 years out and hypothetically, you're still here right now, but then you're 30 years older, 51. Mm-hmm. And you were seeing yourself right now going through everything you've gone through in the last five years, especially in the last year. What advice would you give yourself now, you know, with hindsight, 30 years out, for the next chapter of your life? Just keep running. Try everything. What are you waiting for? I think I'm very excited for the next 10 years of my life. And I definitely have no idea what's going to happen. And that's so exciting to me. And I hope by the time I get to 30 years down the line, I've done everything, everything that there is to do in this world. Mm. And I've met everyone. And that's what I want to have achieved. Mm. I don't want to be stuck anywhere. I think I've relied so heavily on this really great opportunity that I was given so young, but it's like I want to run away from it and just mm. live a normal life and see what I can achieve on that. Yeah, I want to try it all. I'm a very creative person. I hope yeah. I've uh, I hope I've explored all of those avenues in 30 years. Yeah, it's good advice. I like that. <laughs> I want to do a couple final questions and we'll wrap things up. You've got a new startup called Daisy. I do. And I just saw kind of behind the scenes of it. You were showing me a little bit of it. It looks really cool. Yes. Can you explain what it is and what your mission is and yeah. how people can get involved if they're listening or watching? So I started Daisy for artists and creative people. People always say if you want to break into the industry, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. And I think when you know nobody, that's kind of a very jarring thing to hear. <laughs> <It's> depressing. <laughs> yes. So I wanted to create like a social media platform for artists and creative people to be able to discover and network other people across industries and collaborate with them on projects that, you know, they want to build. So whether that's like a musician who needs a videographer to shoot like a music video or it's like a photographer who's going to shoot, you know, an artist in their new gallery or across industries and people being able to really like source these people that um, they need to be able to elevate the work that they're already doing. I think the key to success is like collaborating and finding new audiences and I think the more people you can work with and the bigger your network you can become even if it's at a very uh, basic level and like you know an amateur level Mm -hmm. I think that's the sort of thing that really starts to catch people's eyes and and help you break into the industry so that's why we created it and um you know all types of creatives can be artists to graphic design to photography yeah film fashion music photography art literature writing everything all of it across the board. We we want you to be a part of our platform, um, and we want you to find like-minded people and uh, find your place amongst. You know, I think a lot of creative people feel rejected from social medias like Instagram, or you know, they feel like they're not part of the cool club. And I think Daisy is really about celebrating that messy middle mm. and giving these people a place to really express themselves and, and find the people that love what they do and don't yeah. think it's weird. That's cool. Yeah. Right now it's in beta, but people can get on a wait list or they can sign up for the Yeah, the next- so May will be when people can find us. We're www.daisy.com, Daisy with an I-E, like my name. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, see all of the updates, or join our mailing list. And yeah, you'll be you'll be in very soon. In the club, the cool club, <laughs> artist club, the club of like the anti club, the anti club. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So Daisy.com, D A S I E, D A I S I E, D A I S I E, Daisy on social media as well. Mm-hmm. Make sure you guys join that. 
that is happening right now. You also have a podcast that you're launching. Yeah, what Thinking is that all Big. About? Thinking Big. Thinking Big with Maisie Williams. Oh, snap. It's about childhood dreams and, um, you know, when you're a kid, what you wanted to be when you grew up and how that compares to what people are doing now. And then, you know, the idea of like from now, what's your big dream for the future and show that, you know, that evolution never really stops. Yeah, it's been really, really wonderful. I just speak to a lot of really creative people. And um, I think it's really interesting to see that for so many creative people, it's like their career is taking off. But usually that means that you're sort of crying into a pillow. So it's interesting. Really? Yeah. It's when, the, when their a, career takes off, they cry into a pillow? Yeah, I think that was, isn't that a line from, I think it's Devil Wears Prada or something like, like if your career is going well, I don't know. I can't, I'm going to misquote it, but there's a really great line from, from Devil Wears Prada just about like, you know, when your career ta- is taking off, like your personal life is usually. Oh, your personal life is like suffering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you put all your energy into your career, your yeah. dream, but then. It's finding balance. You lose yourself over yeah. here. Yeah. I think you, you talk to so many people and, I, you know, I've not talked to many for my podcast, but in terms of interviewing people for daisy.com and, you know, the magazine or, or the profiles and, you know, content that will all be up on the website soon. I think what I've really learned from creative people is that, like, there's a lot of pain. Mm. That's what makes you so good. Mm-hmm. But that's what also, you know, makes you tears suffer. you apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And trying to balance that is, like, the, the mission for so many people. Wow. Yeah. And it's just, like, a constant, like, teetering on that scale of, am I going to lose it all or am I going to be very, very successful? (laughs) It's always like that. And I think, you know, for anyone who wants to get into the creative industry is like, it's, um, it it is like that, you know, it's like people who have this drive and this mentality to go all the way. It's like, it's not within a lot of people. It's very powerful, but it can be toxic too if it it can control you and consume you. I mean, that's where you see some of our greatest, most talented artists of our, you know, of our generation in their 20s, 27 mm-hmm. is usually the age where they kind of either go the other way through and make mm-hmm. it through or they just yeah. decide not Yeah, and the to amount of like ADD brains that like, we've spoken to, people that like so, struggle with this disorder and it's like made them these like incredibly, incredibly creative people who are going to do in, in, you know, amazing things with their yeah. lives. Yeah. And like, you know, it's very interesting yeah. what I thought ADD was and then meeting these people and realizing like oh it's people that don't have you know their focus yet mm-hmm. they don't have the thing that makes them tick yet yeah and when, you, when do, you have that you go on oh that. my goodness yeah people like you know this artist Chloe Wise who like hashes out a painting in five days and she's like this huge canvas and she's like that's it I'm done and then she goes on to the next one and this is like beautiful like it's like painted pictures of like pictures she's taken of her of her friends and it's like multimedia kind of and she like will just go and paint and paint and paint and when she's done she's done she will not touch it again she'll move on to the next one wow. you know artists can't do that a lot it's like a very interesting yeah. part of her brain that can just churn things out like that it's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, you can't lock someone in a room and just say, like, paint 17 canvases. It's hard. You know, a lot of people can't do that sort <laughs> yeah. of thing and find that yeah. sort of thing insane. So, yeah, I think it's been really interesting to me seeing these oddball people and realizing, like, no, that's what makes you successful. Yeah. And I think, it's you know, for, for people, it's very important to find those oddball things about yourself. Embrace them. Yeah, yeah and go all in. Uh, you got Daisy. You've got Thinking Big, Game of Thrones, all happening right around the same time. So it's yeah. going to be a very exciting next mm-hmm. couple of months for you. It is. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share or talk about, let us know about, that we can support you with? No, I don't think so. <laughs> There's all of that crazy stuff going on. But I think just like, you know, to remember that it looks all very superhuman, but it's just a girl underneath it all. Just a girl. Looking at a boy. What's that line? What's that line? Asking him to love her. <laughs> what movie is that? It's uh, Notting Hill. <laughs> is that Notting Hill? Yeah. Oh, that's here. Yes. We got to go to Notting Hill soon. You do. I got to yeah, check it out. Road. You should yes. Go. Yeah, I've been there before, but I got to go take some Go and see the blue door. Okay, yeah. Just, what, just, Travel what's the line? Tell me the line. Just a girl standing in front of a boy asking, her to lo- asking him to love her. <laughs> I love that we're in London right now. Um, Okay, so 
And we can follow you on uh, Instagram. Instagram, yeah. Even though you want to be less famous. I'm going to be maybe like sort of drifting away from all of that sort of thing soon. It's your uh, Maisie underscore Williams. Maisie Maisie underscore Williams, Williams, yeah, yeah. on most social platforms. So if you guys, before she goes away from social media, (laughs) go follow her right now. (laughs) Take a screenshot of this video or audio. uh, Tag her on on the Instagram story. Let her know what you enjoyed about this the most. I'm sure she'd love to hear the thoughts and feedback on this. So make sure to tag Maisie and let her know. Uh, I've got two final questions for you. This is called the three truths. Okay. So imagine uh, it's your last day on earth 100, 200 years from now. Mm-hmm. You have superhuman strength. You live as long as you want. But then one day you got to call it quits, mm-hmm. right? You got to move on to the next chapter. The next scene, if we want to keep it in theme there. You've done it all. You listen to your 51-year-old self who said, go adventure, go do everything, meet everyone. You did everything you wanted to do. You live the most incredible life of your dreams. You look back, you have zero regrets. And you get to leave the world with three lessons, three truths that this is all they would have to remember you by. From every lesson and experience you've had, the people you've met, the things you've loved, the losses, everything, three things you get to leave behind for the world to remember you by. What would you write down as your three truths? I think... The first would be, I don't know how to put it into words. I guess it's like how I'm remembered by other people means nothing unless I feel good about myself. Mm. So I, get, I don't know how I turn that into so like. So kind of like the opinions truth. of other people doesn't mean anything yeah, unless you feel good about, mm-hmm. unless you love yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I like um, that. That's a good truth. The second... Take care of the people around you. Mm. Put out good energy into the world. Be a beacon of light even in some like real dark days that we're going through right now. I think the last one would be to look up when you're in the world. Because I don't do that. <laughs> And I think that we can all learn a lot from realizing how beautiful this world is. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you, Maisie, for, <laughs> for opening up. Thank you for sharing, even though I know you said you didn't want to be this vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> I acknowledge you for your gifts, for being a beautiful young woman, for caring deeply about people. Because I think that's an incredible superpower, that most people don't have empathy like you do. So I acknowledge you for that. <laughs> And I acknowledge you for waking up, just realizing that way of living wasn't powerful for you and it wasn't helping anyone else. And now you can do some beautiful things in the world, even more so. So I acknowledge you for all of this. Thank, Thank you very you. much. <laughs> I have one final question. Okay. And that is, what is your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness is that feeling. The feeling of not being able to be brought down. And it's not arrogance, and it's not disregarding other people's feelings. But greatness is a feeling that you can achieve anything, you can be anything. It's that feeling that will get you to that, through that next hurdle. Greatness to me is like your best day when you wake up and... and You know, my three truths that I spoke about, like you're going to do every single one and it's going to be like no sweat and it's going to be just a beautiful day. Mm. Greatness is that feeling that you get. Mm. Amazing. (laughs) Appreciate you. You rock. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Maisie Williams, such a young, incredible star who is tapping into her heart in a big way and inspiring the world. So grateful for her, for sharing, and for all that she's up to. Make sure to check her out on Instagram. Take a screenshot of this podcast. Let her know what you thought. Just shoot her a tag over there on your Instagram story. Leave a comment on some of her stuff and send her some good vibes and some good love her way. If you want to listen to the full video or watch the full video, you can go to lewishouse.com slash 784 and watch there. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. If you listen on Spotify, you can listen to us there as well. SoundCloud, 
and all the other places that podcasts are listed. Make sure to leave us a review. If you enjoyed this, please leave a review. It helps us spread the message of greatness far and wide. So head over to your iTunes app or your Apple Podcast app and leave us a review over on School of Greatness. I know some of you are struggling. Some of you are dealing with emotional anxiety, stress, overwhelm. Some of you are dealing with insecurities. Some of you are dealing with depression and other challenges. And Oscar Wilde said, to love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. I can't emphasize how important it is to take care of your own heart and your own thoughts and your emotions. The things you say about yourself, you manifest. So if you talk negatively and continue to say how ugly, how stupid, how unlucky you are, how undeserving you are of love, then you will manifest and create that in your body and in your environment. I used to be this way for many, many years. It used to cripple me. It used to always be anxious, stressed, overwhelmed. I used to always beat myself up emotionally and it manifested in other ways. You are so deserving of love, but it's your choice and you have to choose in every moment to love yourself or not. I choose to love myself. It's something that takes a lot of practice and was weird and unfamiliar when I started to do it because I never really felt like I was deserving. But when you start to develop the habit of love for yourself, it starts to become a norm. And you look back after the years of doing it and you say to yourself, why did I ever beat myself up? Why did I ever doubt myself? Why did I ever question that I was deserving of love? It's something that is foreign, but then becomes so familiar and you're so grateful when you're in that state. So I want to remind you that you can have the most incredible romance if you just start loving yourself. And this doesn't need to be some egotistical love, but it can be a calm, centered love, knowing that you are worth deserving of that love. And as Maya Angelou said, as you grow older, you will discover that you have two hands, one for helping yourself, the other for helping others. I think both are equally as important, but it's really hard to serve other people and humanity when you don't help yourself. I love you all so very much, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. all got old stuff that we should toss, but an old 401k? Make sure it keeps working for you. A Fidelity Rollover IRA has no account fees or minimums to open. An easy-to-follow rollover process makes it simple to get started in under 15 minutes. Plus, you'll have access to a rollover specialist. Whether you've switched jobs or are just organizing your finances, learn more at fidelity.com slash rollover. Consider all your options and the applicable fees and features of each before moving your retirement assets. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. 
Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.